Good morning. Your scripture this morning is coming from 1 Samuel chapter 2. Um, it's going to be verses 1 through 10. And it says this. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Amen. So the scripture uh, was from second, I'm sorry, first Samuel chapter two. Uh, but I'm also going to read a little bit from the first chapter um, because it gives us a little more background for why Hannah is such a good example uh, of a godly mother. If you look at chapter one, verse 10. It says that deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pleaded, Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me and give your servant a son. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and his hair will never be cut. And then if you go over, uh, same chapter, chapter 1, verse 27. And she says, I prayed for this boy, and since the Lord gave me what I asked for, asked him for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Then he worshiped the Lord there. And then you go into her prayer. Uh, very much like another mother who, when she was told she would have a baby, uh, wrote a song, and that's Mary. Um, Hannah is one of those look at, uh, look at God stories because what we know of Hannah is that she couldn't have a baby. And then you look at her life after Samuel and you realize that's what she's known for is this child that she had because of God. If she lived today, she would say, look at God, right? There are times in our lives where God allows things not to happen so that when we pray for them and they do happen, we give all honor and glory to God. Not only did she give all honor and glory to God, she literally gave her son over to the Lord. 
I have been asked to do uh, baby dedications. Some I've done, some I haven't. Because once I told the parents that the dedication was more about them than it was the baby, that was the end of the conversation. She dedicated her son. She gave him over to the Lord. You know, the honest truth is, not all of us were raised by godly mothers. Now, I know on Father's Day, we, we beat fathers down to nothing on Father's Day. Tell them how they need to take care of their family and do this and that. We don't dare do that on Mother's Day, and I'm not going to do that. But I understand in real life, real world, we weren't all raised by godly people. Sometimes we've had to unlearn and then learn again. Uh, but Samuel didn't have to do that. He had a godly mother. So let's look at what it means to be a godly mother. Well, we know that Hannah prayed. A godly mother prays for her children and her grandchildren and anyone else that she can think to pray for. Hannah prayed not just that God would give her a son. She also said, Lord, if you give me this son, I will give him back to you. In other words, I will raise him up to be a follower of you. And we know, just looking at Samuel's life, uh, what, what did Samuel become? Samuel, the birth of Samuel, gave Hannah reason to, to put away her grief because she was barren. Uh, and his arrival also heralded a gift of incalculable value to Israel. Samuel would be the last of the judges as well as a prophet and priest. He would serve as the great transitional figure from the lawless days of the judges to the relative structure and orderliness. I can't even say the word. Order brought order, I'll say it that way, associated with Israel's monarchy. He wasn't just a kid. He was a special person. He was raised... Uh, with the Nazarite vow. He did not take alcohol. He did not have his hair cut. He was totally dedicated to God. She prayed. She didn't give up, even when others around her were having children and making fun of her for being barren. Don't forget that. You see, it's, it's bad enough to have an affliction. It's even worse when people make fun of you for it. That may even be worse than the affliction. She went through all of that. And yet God, it says, and don't you love this? God remembered Hannah. Your testimony and my testimony doesn't matter for mothers, fathers, whoever. Our testimony starts with God remembered me. She says, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. Let's be honest, folks. So many times in our selfish prayers, God gives us exactly what we ask for. And then sometimes we complain about that. And he says, well, that's what you asked for. You know, I think of the, you know, sometimes we, we pray and we don't realize that, that God's already given us the answer to our prayer. You've probably heard the story of the, the man that saw the flood coming and there was a boat that came by and he said, oh, don't worry, uh, God will take care of me, you know. Well, the waters went up and he had to get in his attic. Then a helicopter came. He said, oh, don't worry. The, the Lord will take care of me. Well, then he died. He drowned. 
And he got up to heaven and he said, Lord, you said you would take care of me. And God said, well, I sent a boat and a helicopter. What did you expect? Sometimes the answer to our prayers are other people. Her answer to her prayer was a child. She never stopped praying until she got her answer. You know, Jesus actually instructs us, all of us, not to stop praying. Keep asking. Keep knocking. He says, knock and the door will be open to you. Seek and you will find. What we think is that means, and everything's supposed to happen. No, he says, keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Maybe there's something that you have been praying for all your life. Keep praying. Maybe there's a situation or, or, or a person, unsaved person. Don't stop praying for them. You may be the only person praying for them. Keep believing that God is going to answer your prayer. You know, I think, uh, as I think of Mother's Day, I also think of my grandmother. She, she had 10 children, and she would pray. At, when we'd stay over her house at, on the weekends, when she would start to pray, she listed every one of them by name. You know, many of them now are, are gone to be with the Lord, uh, but when she was alive, they weren't saved. But when, before they passed away, they were saved. And I, I, sometimes I think, you know, God doesn't forget our prayers even when we're no longer on this earth. He still keeps His promise. If God can answer Hannah's prayer, then He can answer your prayer. He tells us. He tells us over and over that he will answer. Verse 28 tells us in chapter 21 uh, that Hannah made a vow to the Lord that if he gave her a son, she would give him back to God. Can I say this to you? We need to be very careful what we promise God. We say it all the time. Lord, if you'll do this, I promise, usually it's I promise I won't do fill in the blank. Or I'll do better at such and such. We, we begin to realize why Jesus said it's better for your yes to be yes and your no to be no. We often forget what we've promised God when we make sure to remember what he's promised to us. She didn't give up on that promise. She said, you know, I made this vow. Now, can you imagine mothers giving away your child? Now, some of you say, oh, you, you don't know my kid. I'd give him away if I could now. But think about that. He gave her this son. She weans him and then says, all right, I made a promise. That says something about this woman. Because that had to be heartbreaking. You know, just think about if you're now, you know, in our family, Mia's about to go to college. Don't talk to my wife about that. But just think about he's going off. Now, some of you have had that experience. She is fulfilling her part of the bargain, if you will. So many times we forget our part. It had to be a great sacrifice. And so here we see another godly quality in a mother. They sacrifice. Many of us, if I could say most of us in this room are here, even alive, because mama sacrificed. She fixed your plate before she fixed hers. And she was probably hungry too. She bought your clothes before she bought hers and maybe didn't buy what she wanted. You know, as you get older, you begin to realize it's the little things 
that mom did that really made life special. A true mother will sacrifice over and over and won't say a word about it. A mother that doesn't sacrifice or a father for the betterment of her child or their children is really no good parent at all. You know, it's interesting. I did not know how selfish I really was until I got married. And then even how selfish I was when I, until I had children. Because that's when you begin to sacrifice. And it's the little things that you don't even think about is a sacrifice until somebody else is saying, I need this. Or they're up at 3 a.m. screaming and crying. They can't feed themselves. Somebody has to. So I always, you know, y'all did that, guys. You elbow your wife and say, hey, the baby's crying. You'll do it once. You won't do that again. But she gave him back to the Lord. That's a sacrifice. Y'all finally got that. You know, there's a story I heard of a man who grew up in the Great Depression, and he, he did not understand, as many of you have, even people have said to me, you know, we didn't know we were poor growing up. We did, I didn't know till I was an adult that I was poor. But he said, you know, we did, he didn't know this as a child, but growing up uh, in, the, in the deep south in the Depression, his mom would go out, and now this was before Walmart. She would go out and kill the chicken. You do realize they have to do that before they serve it on your plate, right? All right, so she plucked the chicken. She cleaned it, did all that, cooked it. And she said, he said, you know, I, I've, I realized when I became an adult that she would eat the back of the chicken and give us the legs and the, and the, the meatier part. And he said, looking back, I realized she had the least amount of meat. And she made sure that we had what we needed for our nutrition. You know, that's, that's a little thing, but it means a lot. Little sacrifices, whether it be money, time, possessions, godly mothers are constantly sacrificing for their own. And maybe you would say, well, God, you don't, you don't understand the sacrifices I've had to make. Actually, he does. Literally. We can probably all quote John 3.16. That whole verse is about one thing. Sacrifice. God gave his son. He told Abraham, sacrifice. And I love how the scriptures say this. He doesn't just say sacrifice your son. He says sacrifice your only son. That wasn't his only son, remember? But it kind of was, right? You see, God was faithful to Hannah. He answered her prayers. She, she sacrificed. And in that sacrifice, the nation of Israel prospered. The nation of Israel found its king because of Samuel. You see, God doesn't forget your sacrifice. Now, other people may. Other people may not even know anything about it. God never forgets. God sees when you've gone without so that someone else could have. God sees what you sacrifice as a Christian. He sees all that. And so he says, I don't, don't think that any little thing that you do, somehow I blink at it. He sees it all. 
and he will bless you. In fact, Jesus gave a promise to those who would leave moms and dads and, and family. And he said, you know what, you'll, you'll be given tenfold. One of the things that I struggled with the most before I went to training was the idea that I would leave my family. And now I was just telling my wife, I said, man, you know what's weird? I said, I have been come my birthday this year. I will have been an officer more than half of my life, and I'm only 42 years old. But I said to my corps officer, I don't think I can leave my family. But you know what I've learned after 22 years? I have a lot bigger family than I had if I'd have stayed home. And whether you like it or not, you're part of my family. Hannah thanks God for Samuel in verse 10, uh, in the first 10 verses of chapter 2, rather. She starts by praising God. So the last quality is a godly mother is a thankful mother. What does she say? My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. Now, that may sound weird to us. What does a horn got to do with anything except, you know, what we hear on Sunday morning? But the word horn is a symbol of strength. Hannah recognized as a mother where her real strength came from. Now that's a great lesson for all of us. Women are probably busier today than ever before. Jobs, family, everything, church, let's face it. Uh, you know, I, there was a sign that said... Um, you know, uh, outside of a church that said, don't die early, let the church help. Uh, you know, we, we, can, we can run you ragged too, not just the world. But women are probably more busier today than any time before. Mothers need to know where to find their strength. And the real place or the real person to find your strength is God. Hannah thanked God for her son do you thank God for your children? Don't answer too quick now. You know, the most heartbreaking things to hear to me on the news, and, and it boggles the mind, is when people kill their own children. But we see that over and over and over. I'll never forget, as a young kid, hearing the name Susan Smith, this lady that put her child in and uh, two boys put them in their, their child seat uh, in the car and drove it into a river. And I thought, how does a mother do that? Now, that's a very extreme case. But sometimes it's, we do realize that not every father, not every mother is godly. And so God in his word has given us examples of people that we can follow. You know, you may say, you know, Major, I, I don't have a godly representative in my family. I would say to you, then you be the godly representative. You will stop things that have happened in your family for generations. I'm telling you, you can. You can and maybe that's what God has called you to, is to say, you know what, you're going to be the first one. Think about in every, in every successful family, a godly family, there had to have been one person who said, I know daddy did it this way, 
I know grandpa did it this way. I won't do it this way. And that set the, 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 it set the tone for every generation after. Maybe Hannah did that. I mean, you look at, um, you look at her husband's kids, they weren't the best. They were awful. Maybe she said, you know, God, if you give me a kid, we won't do it this way. Maybe you're that person. Maybe you're the person that God is saying, you know what? You're going to be the chain breaker. You're going to break the curse. All just by saying, Lord, just, just, just lead me. What's that song we just sang? He leadeth me. So thank God for your kids. That's why, you know, that's why you don't murder them so you can have grandkids. So when you get really mad at them, just think, well, you know, if I do you in, I, I don't get to spoil my grandkids and then give them back to you after I spoil them. It doesn't matter if our children are close to the Lord or not. We should never quit thanking God and praising God for them and never quit praying for them. Now, I may have mentioned qualities that, that you have, but maybe I mentioned qualities that you're still struggling with. Maybe you raised your kids to do right and they're not doing right. And the first thing that you mothers seem to be really good at, and if you don't want to shake my hand after the service when I say this, I, I understand. Some of y'all carry way too much guilt when you know you did right by your kids. So I would invite you to take a deep breath and realize that's on them. If you raised your kids right, and when I say raised them right, you raised them in the Lord, you know, just as we're reading with Hannah. Hannah wasn't perfect. She was a human being like us, but she did what she knew she could do. Think about how amazing when you think about people like Hannah, they didn't have this Bible. They didn't have the entire word of God. And look, look what she was able to do. You do. I do. Don't, I guess what I'm saying is stop carrying guilt that you shouldn't carry. Moms are amazing at what y'all carry because y'all seem to carry a lot of guilt for no reason. If you did what's right by your kids and they decided to turn a different way, you keep praying for them, but you don't feel guilty. So don't do that to yourself, okay? But some, maybe there's qualities that you, maybe you're not as thankful. Maybe you don't pray. Whatever they may be, this is the day where you can say, Lord, help me to be a little bit better than what I was yesterday. Maybe you can say, you know, uh, I didn't have a lot of godly representatives, but God sent you somebody, somebody that you could learn from so that when it came to your children and your family, you were going to do it differently. Thank God for those people. Maybe they're not your mom, but maybe they kind of were your mom. Maybe they weren't your biological father, but maybe they were a father figure. Pray that God would continue to give the strength to be a good mother. Let's face it, no matter how old our kids get, they still seem to need us, don't they? Sometimes the older they get. They need us even more. I can't imagine um, what you ladies go through. I was there to witness childbirth. 
And, I, and, you know, I was saying something to my wife about, you're going to be okay, and she just looked at me and went, shh. So I shh, and I sat back down, and I thought, I don't know how y'all do it. You know, if men had to do that, there would be nobody else on the earth. And you know that. Now, what's sad is they asked my wife right after Mia was born, they said, would you like a sandwich? She said, no. And I said, I'll have it. And she just looked at me like, what? I mean, you didn't do anything. You didn't do a thing. You sat on the couch. Of course, my mind is going, I'm paying for every bit of this. I'm going to eat my sandwich. It probably cost $50 because you bought it from the hospital. But all, all that to be said, friends, all of us, got, uh, mothers, fathers, there's not a one of us in this room that could say, I could do a little bit better at praying or being thankful. All of that to be said, what we're really saying is, I want my kids to see Jesus in me. We're going to sing this one little chorus, Chorus 717, written by one of our generals. They called him the poet general, Albert Orsborn. This beautiful chorus says, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wonderful passion and purity. O oh, thou spirit divine, all my nature refine till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Maybe there's some areas in our lives that God is, you know, we just have to say, Lord, you're going to have to keep working on me on that. He will, he will, he will refine your nature. The, the best thing that we can leave when we leave this earth is a godly heritage for our children. And I'll be honest, it doesn't really matter what else we do. If I have children, or if you have children, even if they're grown, doesn't matter. And you could be the best at whatever you do. But your children say, you know, they never really told me about God. Then I am a failure. The greatest thing we can do is leave a godly heritage for our children. And if you've done that, don't have guilt. You walk, you walk out of here with your head held high and say, I, I know by, by God's strength, I did what I was supposed to do. And this, this chorus, this prayer, is what helps us get that job done. Let's sing together. And I would invite you to come and pray. I know this isn't usually an altar call song, but let's face it, everybody in this room, especially me, could say, I could do a little bit better in, in showing my kids who Jesus is. Let's sing together on that chorus.